Today on the Daily Getter Daily Thought, we're going to start out with uh, a piece from Bloomberg Opinion. Have you noticed that a lot of liberals are kind of celebrating the fact that American living standard is kind of getting uh, kicked in the short hair, so to speak, that we're not able to get things we order, have to wait longer, maybe supplies are short. It's like they're celebrating the lowering of American standard of living. Could it be that these... uh, these income poops just hate America? Oh, I think so. We've got a piece by written by Hakeem Jefferson and Michael Tesler. Because when you want to write when you want to write something really stupid, sometimes it takes two. Uh, it is entitled "Why White Voters with Racist Views Often Still Support Black Republicans." Uh, another skull slapping piece of idiocy from the left. Tony Norman has a piece at uh, the Post-Gazette. That's in Pittsburgh, by the way. Tony Norman writes that there's white tears over Kenosha. More race-baiting from a left-wing columnist. These people really are in need of, I think, professional mental help. I think they are that far gone. And another Democrat has joined the Republican Party. I just hope This person's actually a Republican and conservative and has decided the Democratic Party just no longer he can be affiliated with them. I hope it's not just a this is politically advantageous move, as we've seen some Republicans do. And they become a Republican. They don't really change. They just they want to still keep winning elections. And they think a Republican in front of the name or the Democrat will help them do that. I hope that is not the case uh, in from this Texas Democrats. All that and more today on the Daily Gator Daily Thoughts with me, Doug Hagan. And yes, my friends, it's time for us to get together and say, let's kick this pig. Oh, it's going to be fun. And welcome to another exciting edition of the Daily Gator Daily Thought, edition number 171. And let's kick it off, kids. Let's get down to basics. Let's go to Texas, formerly my home state. Texas House Democrat, according to Katie Pavlich at Town Hall. And if Katie Pavlich says it, it's true and it makes sense. Because Katie Pavlich rocks. Uh, Texas House Democrat Ryan Guillen made an announcement Monday. He's turning in his uh, Democratic Party membership, and he's joining the grand old party, the GOP, the Republicans. Friends, sometimes something is happening in South Texas, he said, and many of us are waking up to the fact that values of those in Washington, D.C. are not our values not the values of most Texans, Guillen announced. The ideology of defunding police, of destroying the oil and gas industry, and the chaos at our border is disastrous for those of us who live here in South Texas. Well, I like the sound of that. My concern, as I said in the open, is, is about them not being a politician in this case, but being a sincere person that feels uh, as if his constituents are not being served by him belonging to that left-wing party anymore. Uh, he represents Rio Grande City in the state of, yes, Texas. And he made his announcement alongside the governor, Greg Abbott, uh, and some other Texas, uh, the Texas GOP uh, caucus chair, 
and other Republican uh, notable people in the state of Texas. And he's being welcomed with open arms on the local and the national level. I am proud to welcome State Representative Ryan Gein to the GOP. The Republican Party is the party of faith, freedom, and opportunity, and we will continue to stand for these ideals in Texas and across the country. That's from RNC Chairwoman uh, Rhoda McDaniels. That's what she had to say. With trailblazers like Representative Gein, we will continue to make gains in South Texas and grow the party in our way to victories up and down the ballot in 2022. Things like this, and plus the what I talked about yesterday, the majority of Hispanic voters in the state of Virginia voting Republican. Uh, Trump doing very well with Hispanics. It, uh, the GOP and all overall doing better with Hispanics. And South Texas, that's a big part of the Democrats wanting to turn Texas blue, which would be the death knell of America, quite frankly. But if this trend continues, Texas may get redder and not change colors. And other states, maybe even California could get redder. Maybe Arizona, New Mexico would not be kind of wishy-washy states. They'd be more solidly Republican or become Republican. States like Colorado. This could be an absolutely bad piece of news for the Democrats. We'll see over time. But uh, welcome Mr. Guillen, Representative Guillen, and uh, I hope you live up to the ideals of the Republican Party, and I have no reason to believe you won't. Welcome aboard, sir. Uh, Listen to the Delegator Daily Thought every day. It'll help you. It really will. I'm here for you, my friend. I am here uh, for you. Now, which bigot to go to first? We've got the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette's columnist, Tony Norman who's a black man with no hair. I don't know if he lost his hair because of racism or white supremacy or a personal choice. I don't know. But anyway, you slice it, dice it. Uh, he is a racist. Or we have the double teaming racist, uh, Hakeem Jefferson and Michael Tesler. So stupid they had to get together to write this piece. Uh, we'll go with the, the two knuckleheads first. This is from 538.com, the political section. And the title again is Why White Voters with Racist Views. I thought we all had racist views now. Maybe not. Often still support black Republicans. The, The title should tell you how much crazy is contained in it, shouldn't it? Uh, the question is this. Can white voters who back a black candidate, still hold racist beliefs and views. Well, the way the left defines race, racism and race and racial animus and all that, of course, because there's no standard. Leftism is an ideology of convenience. When it's convenient to say this is racist, they say it's racist. When it's inconvenient, they say it's not racist. If the wind can change direction and we know it can, then a, a liberal Democrat can always change their mind. The question has come to the fore in the wake of Glenn Youngkin's gubernatorial victory in the bluish state of Virginia. Conservatives were quick to counter claims that Youngkin's win represented the effectiveness of stoking racial fears uh, with results from Virginia's down-bounded election for lieutenant governor, a contest where the Republican candidate, Winsome Sears, 
made history by becoming the first black woman elected to a statewide office in Virginia. The Wall Street Journal's editorial board, for example, emphatically mocked the notion that voters called white supremacists elected a black lieutenant governor. Yeah, if you use actual logic, that kind of makes it seem pretty stupid for people to say that. <laughs> but these two guys, there's there's no limit to the well of stupidity they drink from. Uh, conservative commentators on Fox News and Twitter, including Sears herself, also used the historic victory as an ostensible, ostensible shield against accusation of Republican racism. Republican racism. It's different than Democratic racism because generally Republican racism is nothing but a damn lie by a damn Democrat who cares nothing about the truth. Democratic racism is basically in all their policies because all they want is black people, Hispanic people to vote for them. And they don't give a rat's you know what about their living edition, standard of living, employment, anything else. If you don't believe me, just look at any city governed by Democrats for generations and see what uh, cesspools these cities are and look at who suffers the most. And again, look who's been in charge for decades. Yes, Democrats, or maybe it's Democrats. Uh, but, but there's always a but here. It's like going to Jennifer Lopez contest or our con, uh, concert. Uh, there's always a really big but involved. Supporting a black candidate hardly precludes voters from harboring racist beliefs and motivations. Of course. Uh, Republicans are increasingly more likely than Democrats to hold prejudiced views of minorities. Uh, I would call BS on that. This guy either doesn't know any Republicans or he's just, uh, you know, just lying through his teeth deliberately are using very flawed data. Uh, and I think this is a study from Princeton he used to, to come to this conclusion. So black Republicans like Sears often draw especially strong support from white Americans with otherwise anti-black views simply because they draw most of their support from Republican voters. These two morons just canceled their own argument. Did you notice that? Oh, these are clearly Republican bigots. So these black people are really people who are anti-black too, I guess. Again, the, the, the pretzel logic is, is truly sad. A clear example of this was in the 2016 Republican presidential primary where Ben Carson made a bid to become the GOP's first African-American presidential nominee. Support for, Con uh, for Carson was positively correlated with the belief that black Americans have too much influence on U.S. politics, according to the data from Washington University in St. Louis's American Panel Survey in late 2015. And it showed that bigoted whites supported Carson which would make no sense. If they truly hate black people, they're not going to support a black candidate. And Ben Carson is clearly black, also clearly a brain surgeon, which clearly makes him smarter than the numbskulls who wrote this. <sighs> Let me see. And they base it on a question from 2016 again in a, in a imagined it didn't happen, of course, a showdown between Hillary Clinton and Ben Carson in the presidential election, and they asked some questions. And one of the questions was, how much influence do African Americans 
have in politics and that it was broken down by far too little, too little, about right, too much, or far too much. And then they looked at the race of the people and they concluded that whites who thought black Americans had too much influence really liked Carson and preferred him as a candidate. Maybe it was policies they were against, not actually black people. Maybe they gave these people a list of uh, issues and that Democrats usually support. And, and they said, no, we don't support that. Because you wouldn't say blacks have too much power and then vote for a black man to be president, would you? Again, flawed study with an intended outcome. Uh, whites who thought African-Americans had far too little influence disliked Carson and preferred Hillary Clinton by 60 percentage points in a hypothetical election matchup. Meanwhile, Carson was very popular among whites who were most concerned about African-Americans having too much influence in politics, so much so that whites who thought African-Americans have far too much influence preferred Carson to Clinton by 45 points. Again, when you break it down, they agreed with the policies of Carson. The ideology had nothing really to do with race kind of a bait-and-switch thing. Uh, but these two idiots used it, of course. Uh, prejudiced whites also rated Carson more highly than Bush. Again, I wonder what their definition of clearly prejudice was. But again, this is a left-wing think tank doing this, so they're going to find what they want to find. Uh, that's how it works with Democrats. And moving on down in the column, this is written, to make sense of why racially prejudiced white Americans are willing to support some black candidates, it is worth considering why they so strongly oppose black Democrats in the first place. There's your key word. It wasn't black. It was Democrats. They oppose Democrats and their liberal left wing, increasingly leftist policies. It doesn't matter the color of the person. Trust me, white Republicans don't like Maxine Waters because she's the crazy cat lady of the, the Senate and always screaming about something. We also don't like Liz Warren. And to be fair, Liz Warren could be one of any 57 races or genders. She just has to decide to identify as one, and then she'll come up with some tests that say, see, I'm 164,000th Native American, so shut up, haters, and just give me a beer. Uh so again, they're, they're giving you one thing and then showing you the truth behind what they're doing. They're trying to find racist views where there really are none. Given the racialized nature of the two-party system in the United States, most black political candidates are Democrats who embrace liberal positions on issues of race and justice. When asked whether they would support such a candidate, research shows that racially prejudiced white voters uh, worried that these candidates will represent the interests of black Americans. No, we worry that they will write prejudiced legisla legislation that makes things go the other way or that focuses too much on race or correlates this with that and makes race an issue where it shouldn't be. White conservatives don't care about skin color. It ain't in our DNA to care about skin color, quite frankly. We judge individuals as individuals, and legislation written by Democrats is all about collectivism, not individualism. So you're basically saying that because Republicans, white Republicans, don't support Democrat candidates and their ideology, that somehow they're racist. 
And the disproof of that is the fact that we will vote for people like Tim, Tim Scott or, or Ben Carson or any other black people like Winsome Sears when they have the same ideology as we do, because it's not about their skin color. It's about the ideals and the ideology. Again, stop writing lies. I don't know who's impressed by this, uh, but that's basically what it is. This is a game where the end result will be that no matter what happens, how people vote, white voters are always going to be called racist by, by Democrats because this is a party of no, they, they have ideals. It's not right to call Democrats uh, non-idealistic. It's that all their ideals are bad. The results suck. Their policies stink. They hurt people. They overtax people. They overregulate people. They hurt business. They hurt workers. They hurt employees. Everybody gets hurt by Democratic administrations. And the ones who think they're being helped actually are being locked into these little government programs that they can't get off of once they get on. And too often people have been tasked with, well, if I get off this program and go with this job I have, I will end up doing worse, which prevents them, of course, from taking that job and advancing themselves. It is a corrupt thing, the Democratic Party's policies. And again, 538.com, you're kind of transparent. It's the same race-baiting baloney, and I always hated baloney. Don't put that in a sandwich. Your bread, your mayonnaise, your tomatoes, whatever, deserve better than bologna. I don't know what that stuff is, but it ain't meat, okay? So there's my dietary, uh, my dietary expertise for you. And let me see here. How about this one? The Bloomberg Opinion Economics page. Scintillating reading. Uh, Americans need to learn to live more like Europeans is the title. And the subtitle is Supply Chain Shortages Are Constraining U.S. Consumers' Endless Appetite for Buying Whatever They Want Whenever They Want. It's about time. See, they don't like you or EI or anybody to be successful. Now, as long as these pinheads like the author of this piece, Alison Schrager, who's probably too dumb to know she's actually preaching Marxism, uh, they don't get it. For them, people spending money, having expendable income, uh, buying things they need and want, buying new cars, house, that's bad because it leads to inequality. Now, I'm reading a lot into this title, but that's the typical leftist view is that more consumerism just exacerbates what they hurt or what they despise more than anything, and that is inequality. They worship at the altar of equality. But the equality they push for doesn't help people who are less prosperous. It tears down more successful and tends to lump them in with the unsuccessful. The You're tearing down people with wealth, taking it away, spreading it around, and it ends up that everybody suffers. They never try to raise up these people. They do it internationally. They never go to less successful nations and go, look at the United States, see how successful they are. They have something called capitalism. We're going to teach you about capitalism. We're going to help you become a capitalist free enterprise system, and you too will have greater prosperity. 
and they never embrace the ideals that make America more successful. They just get mad at America for being more successful. In this case, she's mad at America for being successful and being able to buy more things and being able to have a better economy where they can get the products and goods they want quicker. And she's preaching for the standards for everyone to be lowered. You don't bring down the successful and give other people more success. That's not the way. You raise up the unsuccessful. If you're a coach that comes into any any job, baseball, college football, hockey, whatever, you're not trying to take your team at that time and say, okay, what's the roster look like, the payroll, everything, what are we doing? Now look at the team that won the championship two of the last three years. What do they do? They try to emulate what they did. Now they have their own twists and turns and little tweaks, but they're looking at the more successful saying, we need to be more like them. They don't try to tear down the team that's successful. They try to become equally successful, even more successful. It's called competition, and it's a good thing. The left does not believe this, however. And here's the piece from uh, Miss Allison Schrager. It's become the conventional wisdom that the U.S. economy is built on America's endless appetite to buy lots and lots of stuff. Greedy bastards. Household consumption makes up about 67% of the gross domestic product. Your people, you're just consuming. you consuming consumers. When the economy falters, we're told spending is our patriotic duty. But suddenly, Americans can't spend like they used to. Store shelves are emptying. And they can take months to find a car, a refrigerator, or sofa. Well, I don't know anywhere where it takes a long time. But uh, my refrigerator, I have two. One for the new house we bought and one we brought with us. Actually, we had two big ones we brought with us. One we gave away to uh, a charity because who needs two huge refrigerators plus a smaller refrigerator? So the, the newer, nicer one is now dying slowly. And the other one is older and, you know... There's been a couple of occasions when the temperature has not been quite as cold as we like. So I needed to buy a new refrigerator. And by golly, you know when it was able to be received? The next day. I haven't got it yet because in trying to work out uh, uh, exactly when I was going to be here to receive it, when's when's the best time to be here and all that, that time slot got filled because people are buying. And now it's going to come next Monday. But it didn't take months to get that refrigerator. It wouldn't take me months to get a new sofa. I've got ads all over the place. Free delivery, free delivery, free delivery. Uh, But she, of course, I think Allison Trigger would like it if that were the case. If I was having a real struggle getting appliance I needed or getting a new sofa or Shay's Lounge, which I was actually looking at when I needed a new bed because mine was just shot and worn out. Why should I wait? Why is it better if I have a longer wait or higher price to pay? Again, the logic is is so flawed here. Uh, Store shelves are emptying. Okay, I already got that part. If this continues, we may need to learn to do without. And she sounds happy about it. And horrors live more like the Europeans. Does that mean not bathing regularly? Not shaving our, our armpits if we're you know, the fair sex. 
I know that's completely sexist to say, but uh, these things are important. These things are very important. Uh, that might actually not be a bad thing. If we were more like the Europeans, I think it would. Because the U.S. economy could be healthier if it were less reliant on consumption. Hold on a minute. There's a pain in my head when I just read that. If you have less consumption, you will have less of a need to make things, produce things, grow things, etc., uh, etc. Et you will have less <coughs> less need to fill shelves and fill refrigerators at grocery stores and fill furniture stores, etc., etc. And the more these things are made and consumed, the more people can work making them. It's kind of beneficial. It's kind of the natural effect of free enterprise system. The quicker you can get things, the better quality, the cheaper the price, everyone wins. Everyone. But not as Allison Schrager's uh, world. I wonder what she would have our economy rely on, if not consumption. Social justice. I don't know. Uh, watching Disney movies all night and eating popcorn and not working. I don't know. After all, Americans haven't always acted like this. We've entered an age of overabundance. We consume much more than we used to and more than other countries. Greedy bastards we are. Consumption per capita grew about 65% from 1990 to 2015, compared with about 35% growth in Europe. Hey, if Europeans are lazy, it's not my fault. Okay, lady? If you want to get butt hurt over that, that's your problem. Household consumption, she fears, because it makes up only about 50% of GDP in Germany. Yeah, those Germans. They don't buy things, that's their business. As long as they don't start starting a third damn world war, that would be nice for you, Germany. Don't go there. And those numbers reflect big changes in Americans' lifestyle. The average U.S. home was 1,700 square feet in 1980. Uh, by 2015, it was 2,000 square feet. Oh, my God. Such spoiled brats we are. We really should beat ourselves with a stick, even though the number of people in the average household shrink. If you've ever lived with roommates or the family, Sometimes the more room you have is so relaxing and so good. Sometimes not. Uh, in 1980, 15% of households did not have a TV. What the hell did they watch? I don't know. Uh, and Al Gore at that time had not invented the internet, at least as we know it today, I don't believe. Uh, now only about 3% don't. In 2015, 40% of American house households had three or more TVs. Well, do you really want to watch what grandpa watches? Because grandpa has a say with you now because you don't want to put grandpa in a nursing home because you actually love grandpa and want to take care of your family. And, you know, you're, you've got teenage kids. God knows what those, those crazy kids want to watch. And then you want to be able to watch whatever you watch. Why is it bad if we have more TVs? See, the better the lifestyle for Americans, the more angry liberals get over it. They don't like success. 
because all they see ultimately is inequality or greed, of course. Uh, 30% of households earning less than 40000 a year. They still have three TVs. How dare they? In 1980, only 13% of households had two or more refrigerators. In 2015, 30% did. Oh, I see Satan's hand in this, my friend. Including many low-earning households. How dare you have more food, you poor people? You should be begging for food or something. You ungrateful, uncapitalistic American poor people. How dare you? Including many low-earning households. Clothing purchases have increased fivefold since 1980. Don't blame me. I'm still wearing... Uh, Wrangler jeans and mostly t-shirts, man, okay? And occasionally something nicer. Uh, I don't have 17 pair of shoes. I Very little do I buy clothes. It's not like a thing I really enjoy. Uh, clothing purchases have increased five-fold since 1980. That's a good thing. And the average garment will only be worn seven times before it's disposed of. That's you women. Okay, I'm just saying, ladies, that's y'all. Our spending habits slowed some during the pandemic, but despite all the shortages, they've come roaring back again. More consumerism, more capitalism. She sees it as a bad thing. These people hate America, my friends. There's no other way to look at it. There are many reasons we've become a nation of shopaholics. We've become a richer country, which means we spend more. Many goods have cheaper and more accessible have become more uh, have become cheaper and more accessible. That's partly because of technology that makes production more efficient for shoppers. The internet makes it easier to find more goods for the best prices without even leaving your home, which is too big and has too many TVs. And you eat too many actual meals. You should be starving and scratching around eating roaches or something. And with no TVs, you'd be a better American, according to this hack. Lots of trade has been with countries like China, which we should work on, and Mexico, who have lower labor costs. Even Americans, even American-made goods uh, use parts, made goods use parts that come from abroad. We experienced the vulnerabilities of a global supply chain in the last few years. But when it does work, which is most of the time, she sounds disappointed. It means the U.S. can fully exploit the comparative advantages of trade and provide goods more efficiently, faster, and for less money. Again, why is this a bad thing, Allison Schrager? Why? See, you let somebody write, write up ads in crayon on construction paper. This is what you get. Now let's move on to Tony Norman. He's the, if I had a racist of the day category, Tony Norman would win it today, my friends. And it would not be a close vote. And now a quick, uh, quick update I just got on my phone here. Apparently MSNBS, some people know it as MSNBC, but if you've read it, seen it, heard it, you know it's all BS. Uh, I coined that phrase, by the way. No one else. Me. Uh, but they've been booted from the Rittenhouse courthouse, a Rittenhouse court, uh, by the Kenosha judge, who's a white man, so he's probably racist. And Joy Reid obviously hates him. Affiliates for the national media outlet were barred 
after a person who claimed to work for them tried to get photographs of jurors. Don't you know that's a no-no? You work for MSNBS and you don't know that's uh, forbidden? Forbidden? It's not good. You can't do it, laddies. Don't try it. You can't do it. You wee bastards. Uh, this is from patch.com. MSNB affiliates, MSNBS affiliates won't be allowed inside of the Kenosha courthouse where jurors are deliberating in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Kenosha County Circuit Court Judge Bruce Schroeder ordered this Thursday. A person who claimed to be with a national outlet was stopped by Kenosha police for following a bus that carried jurors to Cal Rittenhouse's trial Wednesday. It would go without much thinking that someone who's following a jury bus as an extremely serious matter and will be referred to the proper authorities for further action, Schroeder said from the bench. No wonder the left hates Schroeder so much. He actually enforces laws and doesn't let liberal journalists, yes, I'm using air quotes, uh, very loosely applied air quotes. So anyway, let's get back to Tony Norman. You're racistly racist of the day. Earlier this week, he writes, this is at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, by the way, a friend texted me with this prediction about the outcome of the Rittenhouse murder trial. <coughs> Kyle Rittenhouse walks out, only gets convicted of minor charges and gets probation. Though my response was glib, I thought it was realistic at the time. He'll be convicted. He won't walk. He may not get as much as time as he deserves, but he's going to jail. What does he deserve jail time for? Defending himself multiple times. Uh, but of course, that doesn't count with the left because self-defense is icky. My logic, uh, Tony Norman writes, was based on the fact that all of Rittenhouse's victims were white and that you can't kill white men in America. Even if you're white yourself, you may not face severe consequences. Oh, good Lord. I think Tony Norman just kicked the bucket of eternal stupidity and went and started digging in the eternal pit of liberal, absolute liberal stupidity. It is bottomless, my friends. This, again, this idea that everything in life is racial somehow. This buffoon probably doesn't buy milk because it's white. And he doesn't buy chocolate milk because it's still white milk underneath. He's a guy who probably focuses every time he orders a ham sandwich, he sees something racial in the experience. He's a clown. He's a buffoon. But he's also a absolute race pimping. I don't even know the word. He's just a race pimp. Everything's race. Race, 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 race. Uh, I'll be fuddling to me how someone's mind gets so out of touch with basic reality. You can't, with, if you walk around with open eyes, any part of America, my friends, and you just observe people, no one gives a rats you know what about race. Few do. There's a few like Tony Norman and some Klansmen and uh, there may be some skinheads still still around. I don't know. But basically, no one gives a you-know-what about race. Now, the Democrats are working hard to make us obsess over it because political power. 
but uh, people like Tony Norman amaze me. It's like, do they live in a cave somewhere? That he'll probably call that racist if he hears I said that. Oh, black people are cavemen now? No, Tony. I say people like you live in a cave. Obviously, you live somewhere where you don't see, probably willingly don't see because you refuse to see that race doesn't really matter to most people and that you're a bigot. <clears throat> that, he continues, was before Wednesday when Kyle Rittenhouse put on a master class of performative white innocence. Everything's white. White tears, white fragility, white racism, white this, white that, white out. Well, maybe not white out. Uh, but I bet you, Tony Norman, if you look at his computer screen, I bet there's a lot of white out areas there where he's tried to erase something stupid he realized he wrote. Uh, am I challenging your intelligence, Tony? You're damn right I am, because you don't have any, because you refuse to use the brain the good Lord gave you, and the eyes the good Lord gave you. Instead, you're still baking a living by pretending to be a victim. You are, in a word, pathetic. Uh, the show featured tears, he writes, soulful hyperventilating and strategic scrunchy faces. Scrunchy faces? Sounds like a cereal. To endear himself to a judge and jury desperate to pinch his cheeks and reassure him that everything will be all right. Oh, because white people! What an absolute jerk. This left me no choice but to amend my original answer to my friend. Uh, yesterday's courtroom shenanigans dashed any hope of a conviction. When the judge screams at the prosecutor twice and his ringtone playing Lee Greenwood's God Bless the USA goes off when the defense is asking for a mistrial, the fix is in. Rittenhouse is going to walk. Rittenhouse should walk. He should have already walked. There should not have been brought, any charges should have never been brought. And not because of anyone's skin color. Because the evidence, Tony Norman, gets, call 911 and get some paramedics that specialize in removing craniums from rectums. You could use that help right now because your head is firmly planted up your own ass. You walking dolt. Uh, he continues, Kyle Rittenhouse will not only be declared innocent, but he will then be carried out of the courtroom on the shoulders of the judge, the jury, and his very relieved but exceptionally cynical lawyers. Again, he wants Rittenhouse convicted for one reason. He's white. Period. And then he points a finger to everyone else in the world. They're racist. They're racist. They're racist. They're racist. No, if you want to see a racist, Tony Norman, find a mirror. Open your eyes. Try to open your mind if it's even still possible. You hack. In post-trial interviews, members of the jury will admit that they were offended by the prosecution's attempt to portray a poor, screwed-up kid. How do you know he's screwed up? That's your opinion, Tony. I think you're screwed up. But again, my opinion, whatever it's worth, right? And some kind of killer... Sure, he's shot two people to death who were trying to kill him uh, and gravely wounded a third, again, who was pointing a loaded pistol at him. Uh, with an AR-15, he was not, uh, wasn't old enough to legally own or wield. But standing one's ground and shooting your way out of a jam is as American as apple pie. 
It is. Self-defense is a sacred right, Tony. You may not believe in it. You probably don't. Uh, in fact, whenever someone says the word self-defense, you might be one of those people that has to go change your panties. I don't know. But I'll say this, Tony Norman. You've taken stupid and racial obsession syndrome to a level I haven't seen in a long time. I mean, you talk about an absolute award-winning performance. As someone who cares a whole lot but knows even less, you're the star of that movie, buddy. <clears throat> that makes him a patriot, not a killer, right? If you use, if you defend America, you're a patriot. If you love America, you're a patriot. Self-defense is a sacred human right that the Lord above gave us. It's a natural right. It's a constitutionally protected and enshrined right. I guess you don't like that. Or maybe it should be up to Tony Norman. All cases should go to you, sir, where you can deem this person or that person, uh, usually probably based on their race, as worthy or not to defend their life or the life of their family or their community or whatever. Maybe you think that people should be allowed to riot and destroy businesses and, and cripple whole cities. You know, there's still people in Kenosha trying to get their businesses back going. Some businesses ain't coming back. So you think it's okay to destroy people's careers. And if anybody stands up to you in any way, well, they deserve what they get, right, Tony Norman? Is that the kind of country you want to live in, you buffoon? I doubt it. He continues, I'm betting that Kyle Rittenhouse will remind just enough jurors that they all know someone just like him. They'll think of a mischievous nephew forbidden from befriending stray cats. What? Or a troubled neighbor boy who prowls social media in the dark net. I think it's called the dark, the dark web, Tony. But again, details. Uh, even the heavily tattooed kid at the supermarket who prefers hanging out at gun shows to going to school gets a pass because they've known him since he was a baby. Maybe you shouldn't judge people who have a lot of tattoos, Tony. Maybe you should stop being so judgmental. Until someone actually acts a certain way. I mean, if somebody says enough dumb stuff, yeah, I'm going to make fun of them because they're a walking brain donor like you. All of these <clears throat> misfits are on the spectrum of what constitutes a well-adjusted American when it comes to antisociability because defending yourself against lethal threats is antisocial now. Somebody's never read the Constitution and wouldn't understand it anyway because the idea of individualism is too much for them. We're all supposed to walk around, run around like chickens with our heads cut off, worrying about what race everyone is. <clears throat> there's no reason, he writes, for a jury to think there's anything strange about a 17-year-old arranging the straw purchase of an AR-15 to a friend because it looks cool and taking it to a heated protest in Kenosha. Funny that people like uh, Tony Norman here, very judgmental, but he's never, ever expressed their, their outrage over the choices that the rioters made. The people who attacked and might have killed Cal Rittenhouse, you would have probably laughed, Tony Norman, if that happened. But if they'd done that, you wouldn't be questioning. You wouldn't be writing angry columns of why a convicted child rapist was out walking the streets instead of in a prison cell. No outrage there, right? 
I guess you hate little kids too. They had it coming, maybe, Tony Norman. Uh, abusers of their girlfriends, physically abusive to women. Don't you care about women, Tony Norman? Don't you care about law and order at all? Apparently not. Unless it fits your racial narrative, then it's okay. And by the way, someone saying a gun looks cool doesn't mean they're a bad person. Because someone picks one particular car over another one, would you judge them ill for that? They just like it better. Or one color over another? Who knows? Who cares? Saying a gun looks cool, or maybe it fits your hand better. When you when you go to a range and test different guns, you think of buying a new one. Is something wrong with that, Tony Norman? I suppose you just don't really believe in gun ownership, do you? Because you don't believe in natural rights, because you don't believe in America, because all you can see is the color of your skin and everyone else's. That's pathetic. And I really, really feel sorry for you, Tony. I really do. <clears throat> What's so odd about claiming to be an emergency medical technician when the extent of your EMT training begins and ends at handing out bottled water? The kid had a first aid kit with him. Is everyone with a first aid kit a bad person now, Tony? They don't meet your extremely high standards of good Americans? <laughs> <clears throat> Who hasn't defied curfew laws in another state while brandishing guns that you're not old enough to own? Whether or not he had a right to own a gun legally by age or not, whether or not any of that, the, the facts of the case come down to did he murder somebody in a malicious fashion or did he murder them? Well, not murder them. It would be self-defense. It would be justifiable homicide, I believe, would be the legal term. That's the question. The videos are very easy to watch. Once you stop writing a minute, put your crayons down and watch and tell me that's not self-defense. I wonder what you would do, Tony Norman, if somebody came and hit you in the head with a a uh, skateboard and tried to take your gun away, <clears throat> assuming you would even pick up a gun to begin with because your panties may get soiled at the very thought. But if you use your weapon to defend yourself against that person trying to kill you, I would support your right. And I would never sit on a jury and vote to convict you of anything because you would, in that case would have done nothing wrong. And I wouldn't have cared what color your attackers were. I wouldn't have cared what color you are. See, I don't obsess over race. I see people as people. That's the way the good Lord intended it. Tony Norman. And I wouldn't have uh, blamed you if some nutcase came, stuck a gun in your face, and you figured, well, I'm going to die unless I kill them, and you shot them, and end up not killing them, but you shot them. And why didn't he kill that man? If he was such a murderer, why didn't he kill that man too? He could have done so, but he didn't. <clears throat> in fact, after he shot the first cow, all this kid was trying to do was get to police. Again, check your facts, Tony Norman. <clears throat> If you're Kyle Rittenhouse and you're feeling threatened to carrying a weapon you shouldn't have been carrying in the first place and you happen to kill a suspected Antifa or Black Lives Matter knucklehead or two, well, that's just how frontier justice has always been done in America. And there's the key. <clears throat> Tony Norman, and you go read the rest of this, this garbage, my friends. Please do. 
um, bring a sense of humor and a sense of irony. But you hate America because you just don't believe in it. You not only don't believe in self-defense, the right to keep to bear arms. You don't believe in that. You don't believe in fair trials. You don't believe in juries following the law. You think people ought to be convicted or acquitted or sentenced according to race and ideology, apparently. And, of course, they must check with you first to see if that's a lengthy or short enough sentence or if the person should be guilty or innocent, right, Tony Norman? Hack of the day, my friends. Hack of the day. That's it. I'm done. Getting that little tickle in my throat that's telling me, shut up already. But thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Take care. Uh, I will be back. Minana is Friday tomorrow, isn't it? Yes. And uh, I'll be back to yak at you some more. Uh, you want a certain topic? You have a certain criticism or praise for me? Contact me. Comment at the Daily Gator. Just go to the first post um, <clears throat> where all the financial information, how you can hit my PayPal page, etc., is. Uh, and comment. Let me have it. Let me hear it. Criticism, praise, whatever. Uh, if you're a single woman and hot, you want to drop me a phone number? We never know. Uh, again, I'll get called sexist. You're a sexist. No, I'm trying to be funny and entertaining. It's part of my charm. Thank you, everyone, for listening. God bless you. Take care. Remember, if you're left, you just can't be right ever, Tony Norman. God bless America. And thank you, Lord, for the right to self-defense. Thank you for that. And go Gators. Eh, five and five. Oh, well, this happens. You know, Florida State's four and six. Miami's five and five, I think. USC's 500 or, or less. Just not a Texas. UT's gone south. All the big-name programs don't have success every year. Now, we all have those shitty seasons, don't we? Oh, well. Next year, next year, next year. Take care, my friends. God bless you all. Uh, you know what I contribute? If you do, thank you so much. If you don't, that's okay, too. I still love you. Maybe not as much, but I still love you. Take care. Minyana. And y'all behave yourselves out there, okay? And if you see Tony Norman, ask him if he needs to change his panties again. <laughs>